0: Hello, everyone, and welcome again to the CERM 2020 grantee meeting. Over the course of the last couple of days, we've had the the luxury and the privilege of talking to some extraordinary people, and our next guest certainly falls into that category. Jake Javier was a participant in the very first clinical trial that CERM ever funded, and we're delighted to have him join us now. Hello, Jake. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Kevin? I'm grand. I'm grand. Thank you. Um, So if we could start with you describing what happened to you on the day before you graduated high school.
1: Yeah, so it was the last day of school, day before graduation, like you said, and went to a friend's house and we were all swimming and I dove into a pool and ended up hitting my head on the bottom, breaking my neck. And I was immediately paralyzed from the from the neck down and flown to a nearby hospital to have uh, emergency stabilizing surgery. I can't even
0: begin to imagine what that was like when you woke up. I mean, what were they telling you? Um,
1: you know, it's not, it's interesting because you think like it'd be kind of like a, a movie where you get that moment where it's like you're not going to walk again. But it's not quite like that because, you know, with everything going on, it's just your initial instincts is to try and survive, honestly. I mean, I was at a point where I was on a ventilator and I couldn't breathe on my own. And so there was so much going on that I didn't really have time to really think, you know, about what was going on. It was just, all right, next step, move on, keep going. And when did you hear about the clinical trial? So my whole time frame has shifted with you know, all the, all the trauma and the, the medication I was on. So hard to say exactly what day, but I know it was really early on. I think it was about a week after my injury, um, about when I started becoming more conscious. And um, just got a call about it uh, from Dr. Steinberg, and he kind of started to explaining it and um, telling us all about it. And it was just a whole lot of information that was coming in, but um, we were very glad to get that call.
0: It must be really hard though. I mean, you're in the middle of a crisis and then you get this call and you're having to make a decision about something that is experimental this is this was the first time this had been tried in people um how do you go about doing that i know you and your family are very close and so obviously you worked with them but how what did you talk about
1: yeah so i mean the obviously the type of um trial is new and everything but at this point everything was new for us um you know we had no idea where we were going to go from here no idea what the next steps were so for us, we just saw, okay, there's this new thing. It's, of course, a clinical trial, so we don't know what's going to happen with it, but it's a bit of glimmer of a hope, you know? And so we talked about it, and we thought we might as well take the chance and, and see what could happen, because we had no idea what the next steps were anyway. So we were explained to explained about it um, very well by different doctors and everyone involved with the trial, and um, they are able to kind of give us assurance that this could be a very viable next step for us. So we decided to go forward with it. So also the idea though,
0: that it might not work. I mean, so how important was you to take part anyway, just in the idea that maybe it could work, but maybe whatever they learned might help other people as well.
1: Yeah. So everyone involved was really good about explaining that to us and saying, you know, we have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, we have an idea, but you know, it could either, it could, nothing could happen or you could get a good recovery. But um like I said I mean at this point we knew that I was in a situation where with the level of trauma that happened to my neck where I wasn't expected to get a lot of recovery anyway. So we figured that I was in the perfect range where I was kind of like the best of the worst. That's what kept being told about me it's like you know I was in a worst case scenario but I was young and you know athletic and had the ability to have a high ceiling and a lot of potential for recovery. So when this came to us, we were like, okay, we might as well try everything we can.
0: Best of the worst, I don't think there's a category anyone ever wants to be in, is it? How much time, yeah, I know that there was was kind of, this was kind of a very time sensitive decision. So how much time did you have to really decide?
1: So the actual surgery had to happen within 30 days of my injury. So our timetable was about 30 days, but on top of that, we had to actually apply to get it and actually um, qualify for the trial. So there was a lot of steps between then and the surgery. So um, while we had 30 days, it was kind of more of a a time time crunch than that, but it was still enough time to think about it. I mean, I wasn't doing anything else. So we were able to sit there and soak in all the information and really learn about all sorts of different things about it and um, took our time in making the decision.
0: Once you'd had the surgery, the procedure, um,
1: talk about the recovery, what happened afterwards? so initially i mean the surgery wasn't too bad it was just a day of recovery in bed Um, but then after that i really started beginning my actual physical rehabilitation and um, just kind of went to work every day and we knew that while the surgery kind of helped stimulate recovery it was also dependent on how much work i put into it and so it was just going to pt and occupational therapy every day. And working as hard as I can to try and get as much recovery as I could. So I spent the next five and the, five and a half months in the hospital as an inpatient and just going through different therapies every day.
0: Yeah, I saw you at physical therapy, I saw how hard you were working and, and just how painful it seemed and how difficult, but I mean, you really stuck with it. At the time um, of the accident, you were on a f- scholarship to Cal Poly, a football scholarship to Cal Poly. What's happened since then?
1: So one thing I really worked hard for in the hospital was achieving my goal of going back to school. And the original goal was Cal Poly. Um, obviously, I couldn't play football anymore, but I was still pretty involved with the team. Um, at least in my earlier years, I was going to the locker room with them and being on the sideline with them. So it's really great having the support of the team there still. And then in regards to actually going to school, I took a year off. Um, gap year, ended up going to school the following year. Um, and actually ended up changing my major and that came out of the, the trial. Um, in learning all the information I did about stem cells and research and science and everything like that, it kind of changed my mind on what I wanted to study because originally I would just apply it as a mechanical engineer just thinking, okay, I don't really know what I want to do, but I think I could be an engineer, but I ended up switching it to being a biomedical engineer. So it kind of gave me a new path, which is interesting and really lucky. Are you enjoying it? I am. I am. I'm going into my fourth year now, so final stretch. Uh, I know, real world coming up, so not quite looking forward to that, but um, it's been a lot of fun and a great experience.
0: I think if you've got through this, the real world really won't hold too many challenges for you. (laughs) So since your accident, you and your family have have all become kind of
1: advocates for stem cell research. Um, How important has that been for you? Yeah, I mean, I'm a big proponent of stem cell research and any sort of science. I think that you know, we might as well try, try anything we can to help with people that are in you know, situations similar to mine. Um, I've seen firsthand, not just in myself, but in other patient advocates, uh, what great things stem cells can do for people. So I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, as much, as much as I can do to help, I mean, it's the least I can do for all it's done for me.
0: Uh, and you're really a pioneer. I mean, one of the first people ever to try this, this approach. Um, talk about that role. How does that feel to you being a pioneer in something like this?
1: I don't think it's quite hit me. I don't know if it'll ever quite hit me, you know, the, the gravity of it. But what I am thankful for is all the hard work people put into it to get into that. Um, while I was one of the first people to actually receive the stem cells, I feel like all the work that went into it and I'm just a small role in the, the, big, the big picture, you know, um, all the researchers and scientists, the years it took to get to the point where it could actually be injected into me is, um, is quite humbling
0: small role but a crucial role with I mean you're the end user so that's what it's all this has been all about um so how are you today talk about your life today
1: yeah so like I said, I'm going to my fourth year now um really enjoying myself I'm able to live independently um something that wasn't originally you know very realistic uh due to my level of function but I'm able to go through my day-to-day life Uh, I live with roommates and live a pretty regular college life and I have a lot of people to thank for that but um you know, serum and stem cells is is up there because I didn't know what kind of recovery I would achieve, but um, I definitely outshined expectations. And I think part of that is the trial. And part of that is all the hard work that goes into it.
0: Great. Jake, thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your story
1: with us. Yes. Thank you, Kevin.